There's lots of boobs there. <laughs> well, you can't really miss Queen Latifah's. They're just yeah. everywhere they, they you look. for Riley's overdose. Yeah, she makes up for the aspirin, definitely. <laughs> Welcome to Don't Jump the Shark podcast. I'm Ross, and here's the Velma Kelly to my rosy heart, Grant. So I'm bringing around this film to show you. It's from 2002. It won the Best Picture Oscar. Oh, right. Is it sci-fi epic? or? Oh, you might think it's uh, Road to Perdition, 25th Hour, Catch Me If You Can, Far From Heaven, Bloody Sunday, oh, yeah. uh, Secretary, The Pianist, One Hour Photo. Oh, yeah. No, it's none of them. It's Oops. Chicago. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here for the second time only... A girl on our podcast, Grant. We lied the last time, we know more than one girl. <laughs> <laughs> the Billy Flynn to our slutty stage dancers, Siobhan. Hello. <laughs> In case you haven't guessed, this episode's film is Chicago. Best picture winning. <laughs> not best director, though. No, only not best no, picture, no, no. which is always a slap in the face to the director. <laughs> From uh, 2002. So here's what we do every week. We take a film that's good up until a point and then goes too far. We'll talk you through the film and point out that jump the shark moment where we feel it goes off the deep end. Could be five minutes in, could be five minutes from the end. As always, we locked ourselves in contract negotiations to see who gets <laughs> top billing on the podcast. Like the stars of Chicago, we settled on diagonal billing. Was that? <laughs> yes, yeah, they did. <laughs> and studied the film separately so we have no way of knowing each other's chosen shark jumping moment. They decided to set this, this film around a particular era in Chicago. And I was wondering if you had to set a film in a based around a city in America at a time, which which city would you pick and why? Siobhan, do you want to go I first? I would go for New York in the nineteen seventies when John Travolta was around and his flares looking ah, hot. That's a good, good choice before <laughs> yeah. he started dressing like a woman. Yeah, before he got fat, before he became a pilot and a Scientologist. And first choice for the role of Billy Flynn in Chicago oh. as well. Yeah, it would be such a better film if it was him. <laughs> <laughs> Only back then, though. Uh, yeah, in the 70s, yeah. not now. <laughs> he was in Hairspray, though, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played the mum in Hairspray. I think I would go for 1930s Chicago and see if there was anything <laughs> like the Chicago portrayed in this film. I'm guessing not. Is Road, Road to Perdition, is he not a gangster from Chicago? Was yes, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know what area I would say and, and what, what town I would say and what city? What's that? go for uh, 1980s San Francisco <laughs> because that, that audience would buy so many tickets <laughs> so you could hang out with the, the village people and their pump that would be such a great music <laughs> well, let's go for some main players let's go for the actors first this time stroke actors actresses Okay, first Rennie Zellweger. I don't know, from the build of her, that could be an actor. <laughs> that could be a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> so what, what we're trying to do, Siobhan, is we try and give two good films and maybe have one bad film in okay. there as well, so show how their careers can also jump the shark. Okay. So Rennie Zellweger, she's in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. She's in Nurse Betty, which, if you've never seen, highly recommend. It's a brilliant film. She was also in Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Whereas, because I thought, I was thinking, is, there's Bridget Jones where she's got two guys fighting over her, mm. and that's Hugh Grant and Colin Firth. But in Return of the Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's Matthew McConaughey and Leatherface that are fighting <laughs> over her. So I thought, that's a better duo. Mm-hmm. Better step down in the rating as well. <laughs> Just a wee bit. <laughs> We've got Catherine Zeta-Jones. Could have been Angelina Jolie. That's who they offered it to. Mm. She said no. She's been in Mask of Zorro, which the first one's good. Yeah. The one with the kid. The second one is awful. (laughs) My dad's going to kick your ass. (laughs) She's in traffic with her husband, Mm -hmm. but never on screen at the same time. I've never seen that. It's very good. It's a Soderbergh film. She's also in Spielberg's The Terminal, which is uh, Spielberg's (laughs) worst film by miles. Where... um, Tom Hanks is playing his best uh, Eastern European mm-hmm. stereotype. <laughs> I am from Bratislava. <laughs> In Bratislava, car for cube. <laughs> we also have Richard Gere, don't we? Who, uh, through my research, I found out his middle name is Tiffany. <laughs> really? <laughs> Brilliant. No wonder he wanted to be in Pretty Women. <laughs> so I like the Mothman Prophecies, which also actually came out this year. The same year as Chicago. Yeah. That was a quite a good year for him, really. Yeah. Uh, Internal Affairs, that's quite good. Internal Affairs is a good film. 
I didn't like him having a gerbil stuck in his anus. That's, <laughs> that's my least favourite thing that he's done. <laughs> Not technically a film role. <laughs> Although I suppose we don't know. Maybe there was. <laughs> Some technical crew. I'm going to go for the writer first because I couldn't believe this guy wrote this film. Don't Bill know. Condon. Don't who, know. He wrote Gods and Monsters. Which oh, is yeah, yeah. one of the best films of the last 20 years. Which is about um, James Whale who directed Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And a young gardener who he's kind of starting to get obsessed with. And Brendan, it's Brendan Fraser and Ian McKellen. And it's well worth seeing. Mm-hmm. I love Ian recommend. McKellen, I have to say. Mm-hmm. He also wrote, similarly, Oscar nom to Dreamgirls. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything with Beyonce in it. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I like that love. fat chick. <laughs> her name would be Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, that's the one. She's not fat anymore either. Yeah, no, she's not. Mega I don't like her skinny. <laughs> she's got a really, really defined fringe now as well. As well as um, legs, arms, butts. Phil <laughs> Cundin also wrote FX too. Do you remember FX? No. This, no. this movie stuntman who <laughs> solved crimes. With <laughs> Brian Brown, so, the Australian guy. What's that Andrew Dice Clay film that you love so much? Where he's the, the rock and roll detective. <laughs> the Adventures of Ford Fairlight. <laughs> oh! Unbelievable. Oh! Uh, Rob Marshall, Rob Marshall is the director of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to throw three, three films at you. You can decide which ones you like because I don't really like any of them that he's done. I can let them bounce off my chest and fall at the floor, I think. <laughs> Memoirs of a Geisha. Mm-hmm. If it had more than a tad racist <laughs> film. Well, yeah, a Korean, they'll be good enough to play a Japanese girl, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, Nine, he did. Which, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I've seen it. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a solid four out of ten. Like Renny Zellweger's attractiveness in this film. <laughs> four? Oh, that's, that's about you much, isn't that it? <laughs> Someone's got a thing for Renny Zellweger. <laughs> it's the highest she's ever been rated. <laughs> she's going to be kicking this door down tomorrow, you know? <laughs> kicking a door down with her massive lips. <laughs> I don't know, those muscled arms could probably punch oh, her way in. So <laughs> Rob Marshall also directed Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides as well. <laughs> really? How did he get that? I don't know. It's very strange. What one is that? Is that the one with the giant girl? That's the newest one. That's the newest one. Which is... It's okay. If it had been the first sequel, everyone probably would have went, yeah, it's okay. Mm. But because there have been two terrible sequels before, people just weren't interested. Mm. <laughs> so I'm just putting it right out here at the front of the podcast that Renny Zellweger... Um, 4 out of 10 but as Bridget Jones 7 out of 10 oh, yeah, she's much hotter than yeah. Bridget Jones a little bit and she's been bones. British as well yeah much more than American yeah even though she is mm. American <laughs> <laughs> you should change your nationality to be hotter <laughs> you, get, you get three more extra points if you're British spe- <laughs> speaking of British accent and, and Gain three stone. Man, this guy's got some weird <laughs> faces. <laughs> it's definitely our first best picture winner, eh? Yeah, definitely, definitely. This is our, our first Oscar winning, sorry, high up there. The ones that matter, the directors, the actors, the... Did Zeta Jones not also win an Oscar for Best Sporting Actress? Oh, I think she possibly did, actually. She's... This yeah. is great, eh? We're reviewing this film and we have no idea of what <laughs> accomplishments it has. Have you seen the, the footage from the Oscar when they won Best Picture? No. Presented by... Kirk and Michael Douglas. She's almost thinking, oh, I guess I've won then. (laughs) My husband and my father-in-law, who are roughly the same age. (laughs) And roughly freakishly the same boat. First shot is a dilating eye, Mm -hmm. which is what you get when someone's being hypnotised or going into a deep sleep. So that was a pretty interesting image to start on. Or... When they're really intoxicated. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> they're in a jazz club. Uh, it's all about the wickedness of alcohol and, and jazz. jazz sticks. <laughs> jazz sticks. <laughs> She's some 1930s uh, slang words for weed. And the, the camera's kind of on a sugar rush as well, isn't it? It's like cutting all over the place. Yeah. You can't really get your bearings. It's a little bit epileptic, isn't it? 
find that with like recent musicals like if you think about Moulin Rouge as well I remember going to see that at the cinema and just like almost having a fit because it was just so fast and cutting and they seem to do that with loads of musicals it must be like it's not on stage it's not on film so we have to make it much more exciting for yeah. you if you've seen this already so that was a good Rob Marshall impression <laughs> <laughs> And then we get introduced to Velma Kelly. She's revealed very slowly. You see her from the, it's all from the back. You know, you see her getting herself ready, rouging her knees, as she says later, <laughs> tearing her poster. Well, tearing her sister's name off the poster, yeah, yeah, which yeah. kind of comes into it later on when you see the the gun and the bloody pair of pants. That's what I, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, where I keep a gun. <laughs> it's her silky pants stroke gun drawer. It's got that written on the front of it. The thing about that bit when you see Velma, like I went to see this in the cinema and I was 14 and the thing that always annoyed me was that she walks with such a big crossover, like each foot goes. Yeah. And I was like, no woman actually walk like that. I remember trying to do it and being like, Actually, it's not possible. <laughs> I just fall on my backside if I try that. People would just think you're mental if you're. <laughs> no, but like somehow trying to prove that I don't have a penis or just cross my legs. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that it's something she does need to prove because she is quite like manly in this film and a lot, a lot of the Which time. Which is Catherine Zeta-Jones always plays the same character in every film she's in. She's like, oh, I'm here. I'm sassy. Yeah, I'm, I'm Catherine cool. Zeta-Jones. Get used to it, world. <laughs> Check out my walk. <laughs> I have no penis. <laughs> Is that where the term crosswalk comes from? <laughs> Crossdress. <laughs> yeah, we go into all that jazz. Well, I wanted to see, like, see when, you know, it, it goes through this dress routine and then they start to come on stage. I was thinking to myself, right, I'm going to start watching this film and there's a fine line it's going to have to walk. It's going to have to walk this fine line between being sort of cabaret and showgirls and this opening scene you were like Whoa, this is virgin on showgirls <laughs> lots of quick shots of people getting dressed and they skimpy outfits and you're like Whoa, I hope this doesn't veer towards that angle because that was not a good film <laughs> well, I think we must have seen a different showgirl shots because uh, <laughs> I was loving that film <laughs> naked ladies <laughs> come on <laughs> oh dear <laughs> nah, like I said before village people were more like <laughs> Just try to prove my manliness because we were doing a musical. <laughs> <laughs> Beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we cut into all that jazz, our first number. Would you say um, Catherine Zeta-Jones is a stranger to rouging her knees? Or getting her knees all red for some sort of act for a man? <laughs> I don't know what you're hitting at here, Grant. <laughs> I'm not anything. And, uh, I'm purely making a makeup based comment, and the rest of it's all in your mind there, Ron. <laughs> the dancing's alright, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, when you consider she's not like a trained performer or anything. She, like, is. She, she, she is actually. Yeah. <laughs> I apologise there. The she dancing really is, is terrible. <laughs> and I think she's been waiting her whole life to do this oh, song I, as well because mm-hmm. like, she actually, when they offered her the role, they offered her Roxy, Roxy initially. And. Um, because that's the name on everyone's lips. Mm. And then, uh, uh, she said no because she wanted to do all that jazz. Yeah. She was she mm. bought into it that much. Yeah. Well, I think the dancing's pretty good. Like I have to say, Catherine Zeta-Jones, that is her thing, and she's doing it, and she's doing it to the best of her ability. So you, I can't really slag her for that. I think she's she does an alright job. Yeah. There's well, a bit that, again where well, she, she doesn't have a penis, where she drops down <laughs> on a chair <laughs> and she like stops her like she stops herself with like her legs. Heart like uh, nothing else. She does it. She does the spread eagle. Well, yeah, yeah. Is on she? the chair. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Oof, look at her. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know what my favorite lyrics from for this song though? It would be uh, skidoo and whoopee. <laughs> would be my favorite <laughs> lyrics from this song. So <laughs> yeah, that's some nineteen thirties right there. <laughs> Do you think though that you know there's a the kind of implication that she's doing this song better than she ever has before? You know, there's a there's a little implication here that killing kind of helps your performance. <laughs> Maybe it does, especially killing your sister and your husband. So are you listening, Jesse J? If if you kill someone, <laughs> you're gonna do a really good job on the voice next time you perform. <laughs> and then they take you off to prison, and that's best for everyone. <laughs> it's pretty awesome in prison, but we'll get to that later. So we get Dominic West, two films in a row. Yeah. No, Dominic no, sorry, West is in, in Chicago. Yeah. Where was he? He's there. Dominic West, the John the that gets she's having an affair with. Oh my god, he just looks so different. Mm-hmm. He's so young. And he's ah. doing his 
rat-a-tat Chicago accent. Yes, <laughs> well, which is really good. Hey, baby, listen up. <laughs> you actually forget that Dominic West is English because his accent is that good. He is one of those folk like uh, Damien, is it Damien Lewis as well? Mm-hmm. He's got a really, really good, he's the guy that's in Homeland. Mm. He's got a really, really good American accent. There's a bit of hubris there as well, the way, you know, you're going to get caught and put away for murder, but you still want to do the show of your life mm. and <laughs> that put is it all out there. Yes. <laughs> that is showbiz. I like it how, you know, Dominic West takes takes her back to her apartment and you kind of think that they're two single people and then... When you say her, you mean Renny's out. Renny's out. And... And they do the business on the bed, and then he instantly gets up to leave, and you're like, I'm glad that Dominic West finds her as sexually attractive as the rest of us. The only bit that freaked me out about that was that he goes to the toilet in front of her. Like, who does that? I've been with my boyfriend for six years, and I've never done that, and he has never done that, and I hope that never, ever happens. (laughs) It really freaked me out, and I was like, what is he doing? Oh my God, you're in her house as well. It's not even your house. (laughs) Wrong, wrong, wrong. I I think that's him, that's first stage to him wanting to break up with her, though, isn't it? That's his first, yeah, he's just just throwing it out there to try it. Because he's like, get out of here, you filthy beggar. <laughs> that doesn't work. So he goes into the yeah. I don't really know people in show business. Yeah. And then I'm going to beat you up. And then you're going to shoot me. The police arrived, don't they? Well, he probably would have gotten away if he hadn't insulted her on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Not only does he like love her and leave her, but he's got to be like ah, ah, ah slap you in the face, give you a wee insult on the way out. <laughs> the thing I don't get about like when the the police turn up and we see our first introduction to John C. Riley who we find out is, is from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Is Chicago in himself. The police come in with this torch. And you know, nowadays, yeah, you could see like, you know, TV programs and that, they have those little LED torches and that, and you're like, yeah, that's a bit more powerful. But they come in with like the old fashioned torch. Apparently they had no lights in those buildings. Cause they're like, they're shining the torch around and the lights are on. Like, <laughs> the people were thinking, why do you need to shine a torch in their face? They're just doing it for effect, yeah. Is <laughs> so that good old fashioned like way when you were a kid, when you thought you'd shine a light on somebody's face that they would tell the truth. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they can set up an impromptu interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up the torches to the ceiling. <laughs> And grill her because right from the off they don't believe her story. No, they are not. They are not believing John C. Riley, who plays the nicest guy ever in this yeah. film, wasn't he? What I didn't get was how come he works at a garage so late at night? He's <laughs> there till midnight. He's just like, oh, he doesn't come home till midnight. What? what? Wait, what kind of garage is this you're running? People come in for their MOT. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Shell Petrol station, I don't think. <laughs> I think maybe he's secretly having an affair as well, isn't he? Is, yeah. <laughs> or the other guys just like him so little they just yeah you do the night shift <laughs> real work during the day do we have a night shift in this garage yep and you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> it's you you are the night shift <laughs> the, the guy that comes in as well he, he's it? an ugly sack of shit though isn't he and that's the whole point of his character <laughs> John C. Riley I don't know well, well that's he's the whole point he's a big got, sad sack he's, he's like Eeyore he's got a human form Johnny Cash oh, so they looked him no. oh, no. <laughs> My wife is here and she needs me to say that I've been cheated on. No, no. <laughs> the guy that comes in, it's the police officer. Um, all I could remember him from was a Stephen King adaptation where he played the devil. So instantly he came, comes in and I'm like, I hate this guy. He's the devil. He's, no, he's not the good guy. <laughs> Despite somebody in the room having killed somebody and somebody else having covered it up. <laughs> Well, the film is trying to put you firmly in her camp, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a murderer's never, camp. <laughs> yeah, it never really fully portrays Roxy as a as a, bad as a villain. I just think she's mental. Like Roxy's just she's properly, properly not, mental. She's not sane. Like that's what's going on there. <laughs> well, I think something that kind of backs you up as well is she starts saying her kind of dream world here, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think every musical number from this point on is more kind of. Mental breakdown going mm. on within yeah, her head. Yeah, it's her imagination, definitely. Yeah. yeah, she is a bit mental. <laughs> she sings this really nasty song to him, though, doesn't she? He's an idiot. I'm going to manipulate yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's he's my sad sack. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the funny honey of mine. Is that the song? That the song yeah, that's funny honey, sunny honey of mine. That's probably the worst like song that. in the film, actually. Isn't it? Yeah. And then, as the song goes on, she you get that scene where she lies down on the piano, 
and you think like there's a classic move for like you know a lot of the kind of things around that era but you think of the people that did it like famously you know the bigger jazz singers and like the people you see Marlon kind of Monroe. yeah Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. definitely who she's definitely meant to look like mm-hmm. with the haircut and stuff and even like in Boardwalk Empire like some of the people that are in that and they're women they're like shapely women they're not buff 14 year old boys <laughs> like <laughs> Renny Zellweger is in this well wasn't Marilyn Monroe famously like a size 14 or something sometimes 16. even a 16 yeah. Yeah. yeah and a really hot like and Renny Zellweger's just not she wears all those low cut dresses in this and there's just nothing there it's like an ironing board it's the it's the arms that throw me though they're just arms so i wish i had those arms <laughs> like, <laughs> like if, if ever there's an advert for not losing weight too quickly it's, it's right there definitely it's the bit where she first gets taken into prison and you see this shot air from the back with no clothes on she's yeah, got her arms, arms up like spread, jesus yeah. and you're like oh there's too much muscle and bone <laughs> on show it's horrible <laughs> So She's the same way that people are complaining sinew about Madonna. Sinew is not really a word you should use when describing a girl, is it? <laughs> no, not really. She's very sinewy. <laughs> Her long, sinewy legs. No, no. Did you say sultry? No, I said sinewy. <laughs> I love her line to John C. Reilly, which is, You are a disloyal husband. I'm <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> just going to end the parlance of the time, but I think Renée Zellweger has just shown here what a terrible actress she is. Yeah. I can't believe though that you know Charlie's Theron was cast and then Rob Marshall actually fired her to get Rennie Zellweger mm. in who had no singing and dancing experience mm. and it shows. Because right, I was like all the way through it, I'm going like why is she with him and I'm like oh yeah she, well, she is a bit ugly so <laughs> <laughs> it's fine that's allowed. Isn't Dominic West a bit of a beefcake though? He is a bit of a beefcake. How, how does he rate yeah. the hunk scale? Oh he's pretty hunky. <laughs> I can't believe it's Dominic West though I didn't click that all the way through it but even now he's pretty hunky. But why does he want to go with her? It's like, oh, I wanted to well. tap that ass. <laughs> oh. Tap that sinewy ass. <laughs> oh, Look at those bony bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I like the line for the cough as well, though, where he's like, you're using Goofy here as a meal ticket. <laughs> uh, he does call her Deary as well, which is yeah. like... <laughs> Deary. Do you think they should have done what they've done with Deadwood, where, like, words that seem ridiculously outdated they replace with modern words that don't sound too out of place. Have you ever seen Carnival, the HBO yeah, show, yeah. where they use all the 1920s... Like nincompoop and stuff like that yeah. to really insult people. <laughs> oh, he's giving me the creeping willies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the basic point I'm making is I wanted more of it. Because <laughs> I find it hilarious. <laughs> it's like a little joke dropped in. Yeah, <laughs> This is, this is where we really start to find out as well that it's not like a period piece like sort of Les Miserables was or anything like that. It's more like Bugsy Malone, isn't it? It is. It's like comedy sort of yeah. version of 1930s mm. Chicago. It's a stereotype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really like Bugsy Malone in a lot of ways. Yeah. She looks like Blousey so much. She, she, she looks like she a, speaks. And she moves. looks like a small boy. <laughs> she looks like a small boy. They <laughs> 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 all look like children. <laughs> And then there's Granddaddy Richard Gere. I guess, <laughs> I guess Captain Isaiah Jones would be that kid, you know, the kid at primary school who was always like a bit too tall for your year. <laughs> oh, yeah. And dressed a bit too tartly. Yeah. <laughs> for previous reasons that I said about like uh, Rennie Zellweger's figure not looking like the kind of period attractive women, I think Queen Latifah is brilliant in the mm. next role when you see her like on stage as this other persona big mama yeah. and you're like yeah that is that is cracking that's yeah. something that back then you probably would have been yeah let's go and see that yeah. or you would have seen yeah. it the thing about watching that bit with Queen Latifah again now 10 years on since I first seen it was that when I first saw it I was like she is massive she's so fat and then yeah. I go actually she's not fat at all it just shows you how <laughs> like again being a girl bringing a girly element to this show like when you're 14 you're like oh my god I need to be so slim and I probably thought Rennie was hot at that time, but now I'm like, yeah. oh, Boken when I see her. <laughs> she, she looks a lot better, I think. Uh, uh, Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah, absolutely. She looks no, fantastic. Or, or compared yeah, to the other like, ones. At the, yeah. In the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You can tell there's quite a lot of corseting going on when she's on stage, but <laughs> still. Would you rather see a performance in this, or would you rather see a performance in Taxi with Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she's, been, she's had a good film career. 
This is Stranger Than Fiction. Brilliant, Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, when she she's one of these people that when she sticks to indie stuff, she's a lot better. I just realised we used the word bulk. <laughs> I don't know if some of our international listeners will understand what that is. <laughs> uh, yes, girl. Mama, would you pepper her ragu? <laughs> I would definitely pepper Mama's ragu. I think the point of it is that she wouldn't want Ross to pepper her ragu. She would want me or anybody yeah. else yeah, that yeah, doesn't right. have a penis to pepper her ragu. <laughs> She isn't too bothered about me, Grant, no. I don't think. That's why she's always hanging about with Catherine Zeta. Yeah. <laughs> she knows she's definitely not got a penis. If she had one, she could walk like that. Definitely. She's seen the chair down, she's like, okay, she's made it on the list. And the way that she decided, the way that Remy Zellweger decides to deal with her stint in prison is to let her mental health decline even further. <laughs> First night in, let's have a dance number instead of having to cry about the crime yeah. that I've just committed. Which, by the way... The poor little murderer's got a cold cell, though, eh? Weren't you feeling some sympathy for her there? Oh, it's quite cold in here. It's like, maybe you had some fat on your bones. It's so cold. Exactly. <laughs> Eat a meal. <laughs> I don't know I haven't went through the rest of the film yet, but this next dance number is my favourite dance number. It is fantastic. Yeah. And I think it's because it's, it's not actresses. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's performers. Yeah. And it's done like it's on the stage. And that's yeah. what Chicago's meant to be. It's but, not meant to be a film. The, the fact that state clips kind of is not in this yeah. <laughs> and this dance number really helps it, isn't it? Well, the first note I've got for this is pop six squish aha uh-huh, Cicero lip shits, mm-hmm. and then I was just like, what the what the hell is that? <laughs> and then when it goes through, oh, you're like, oh, yeah, also like how it starts with a tap because yeah. I found it really annoying yeah. when the tap first went on, and my notes like tap needs a new washer, <laughs> <laughs> and the guard needs a second leg. Because did you notice there was only one yeah, one step? Booklet. Yeah. <laughs> so it must have been hopping. But it goes through all their sort of stories, and the dance routine is brilliant when it like pulls the red neckerchief out where they killed them, where they shot them, or that was brilliant. The amount of emotion the girl puts in when she says squish as well. just I love stuff like that. Or how sexual the woman tries to make the, the kind of Russian woman tries to make the uh, oh. and, then, and then when you hear it contextualised when she's like, are you guilty? And she goes, uh-uh. It just sounds like, no, I'm not guilty. But like you say, when she's doing it in the song, she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. The, the whole songs as well is about them, like how they should be let off. Mm-hmm. And each one as it goes through it, other than the one that you find out is innocent, you're like, yes, they should go to prison. <laughs> they are guilty. I'm 100% behind the one that shot her husband in the head for eating chewing gum. I hate the sound of chewing gum. Hate it, hate yeah. it. But it's quite like, I'd let her off. It gets really feminist at that bit, though. Like It's all about, oh, it's guys, and they're doing this to us, and they're doing that. He definitely had it coming. There's no way that I should go to jail. Did you think of Henry VIII when the girl was talking about the, the guy who had six wives? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Ironic, because she's going to get beheaded soon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the only one that does die in this film as well is the, the innocent one. The innocent one. Cool. Maybe that's a that's, comment on yeah. the justice system in Chicago. For women. I like the one that he ran into my knife ten times. It reminds me of, um, did you ever see Steve Coogan's Tony Farino? No. One of the running jokes with Tony Farino was he had loads and loads of wives and he, they'd all died in mysterious circumstances. And one of them was... Um, Oh yeah, um, she shot herself in the back of the head from a passing car <laughs> twelve times. She must have had to stop and reload. <laughs> There's a bit of S and M club about this as well, though. Eh? It's um, very jailhouse rock. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, wasn't the bit when it's all it's all red and they're all on the different levels. It's just yeah. it's so jailhouse rock's unbelievable. Just mm. copied it. <laughs> Mama threw a party in a county jail. Although I definitely didn't have cocks. Let's get down to the jailhouse rock. <laughs> I say though, were you were you liking all the female dancers at this bit though? Uh, again, they they were seasoned female dancers and they had a lot more muscle than I will ever have in my life. <laughs> it's giving me a bit of a husband bulge, I must say. Just <laughs> <laughs> have that whole joke to use that one phrase. <laughs> and my only other note was she's talking foreign, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I quite like that. Though. There, though. I wanted I, to I know didn't what actually. she was saying. 
I th- I like I liked the th- fact that they tried to make you work it out through mm. what she was actually mm-hmm. doing. Mm. Which that's all the best subtitles could guess try and make yeah. you do that anyway. When someone says yes, they don't bother mm-hmm. subtitling it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the best bit about that as well was when she pulled out the white handkerchief yeah. and everyone else's was red. It just looks beautiful, mm. really visually pleasing. I know we're meant to be slagging the film, but that bit is good. No, but that, that's <laughs> the, the, the whole idea is that there is good parts in this film. There's yeah. really redeeming parts. It's just there's a few sort of missteps. There's really good parts until Richard Gere comes on the screen, I think. <laughs> well, yeah. Because it's not far after this. There's a little scene with sort of ironing and <laughs> some clothes pressing and some delicates. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that she's got to get this superstar lawyer, doesn't she? What is the height difference between Velma and Roxy as well? Mm. It's only when you see it, they're always like staged, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta-Jones is always in the background, Zell Wigger's always in the fo- foreground. So I, don't I think it's between four and seven foot, the way Rem Zellweger's a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's good at singing and dancing, because well, she used to do that in Hobbiton with the other hobbits. <laughs> she's probably got hairy toes as well. <laughs> I'm guessing she does. <laughs> I'm saying it's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> She'd probably be so th- skinny and sinewy that there'd be like one hair on each oh, toe. <laughs> yeah, so do we want to jump to Richard European? Mama gonna get him Billy Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Gear with that hat on. As he gets introduced and you're expecting him to be the guy with the top hat on and he's the guy with the, the flat cap on mm. and he's introduced as a super nice guy and you're like, as, he, as soon as he gets shown in the light because he's got his hair covered, he looks so much like Patrick Stewart. And then he starts to sing, and he sounds like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> You're like, yep, that's what I'd imagine he sings like. I was just really embarrassed for him because when I was watching it again, it reminded me of all the Amdram musicals I've seen in my life. <laughs> and he's like the guy, like, when you've got a company full of people, but you've only got one guy that's the right age for the part. Uh, and he can't yeah. sing, and he can't dance, but you can't give it to the 20-year-old that's really good. So you go, we're just going to have to go with him. And everyone's going, why have you picked him? Why? Why have you done that? And that's what he's like. He's so embarrassing and so cringy and bad. And just brings the whole tone of the whole thing down. Do you think uh, Travolta would have been better or worse? I think it would have been worse yeah. <laughs> because well, I, I hate Travolta. If we had Travolta, like well, we said, in 1970s, yeah, then he would have been I hate amazing. Travolta from the 90s mm. on. I was trying to imagine who who would you have had instead, and I I don't know. Ian McKellen? <laughs> but I, I did want somebody a tad younger, I have to say, and I kind of wanted him to be fanciable. I wanted the girls that wanted him to represent them to also fancy him. But he's not fancy. Think of women, though. I think of guys in musicals recently, though. Abba one. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Yeah. Like the four guys that were in that, there was none of them that were good at dancing or singing either, though. But they were they were meant to be dads, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. They were meant to. But be they're dads. all that right age as well. Like mm-hmm. I don't think we even have somebody now that would fit that role. Yeah, I was trying to imagine like silver foxes that would have been better because he's like, like still grey I was thinking about Clooney and I also thought about Liam Neeson <laughs> like can oh, you imagine Liam Neeson doing that other than the dancing yeah. have you seen him running taken he looks like he's got a poop in his pants he's like he's like that 60 year old run <laughs> but Liam Neeson's at least attractive Back and then, quite yeah. suave whereas Richard Cage just not I don't know if he could do the singing and dancing but the other bits he'd be a lot yeah. more convincing so, if I was Cassie, I would, I I would like, give him a screenshot. Yeah, his voice is quite thin and reedy, but I still think it's... At least he's putting emotion into it. Yeah. It's, mm. The thing I don't like about his performance is his smug, self-satisfied face <laughs> that he always <laughs> has when he's singing. How great am I Especially when he's first introduced, when he's the bootshine mm. guy, and it's mm-hmm. like, hey, it's me! <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be like, what was it? Is it Around the World in Eight Days, where... Well, there's a person playing the piano, and it's like, oh my god, it's Frank Sinatra. It's like, oh, yeah. oh my god, it's Richard, Richard Gere. Gere. <laughs> Richard Tiffany Gere. Richard Tiffany. I think we're alone now. <laughs> I think we're alone now. Yeah. You know, we talked earlier about sweet, innocent, 30s verbal cues, which mm. might seem a bit wrong now. Yeah. How about sweet little puss? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the Billy Flynn song then? The, uh, all I care about is love. Yeah. No, it's nauseating. No, and it's awful. No. All I keep thinking is, all I keep thinking is that like the the jump in the Beatles album when it goes, Billy shears 
<laughs> I didn't expect it to go out there. What would you do if you sang? <laughs> uh, it's not a good song, and I mean there are good songs in this, and that's just not a good one. And for his first introduction, you want it to be like, ah, oh, wow. What a great song! Like you're going to remember it. Like you couldn't remember the name of it. No. I can only remember the name of it because I went, "What is that called?" When I was listening to it. <laughs> the only the only thing I remember is him being introduced as a boot black just mm. because of his cheesy grin mm-hmm. he has, <laughs> and them trying to seduce him by stripping down to their bras. Yeah. When really they should be getting the gerbil cages. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's maybe part of the bit where they all lie on the floor and he has to roll over the top of them? I would, I would not want Richard Gere rolling on top of me. Did I hear squeaking there? <laughs> when he was oh, yuck. <laughs> the other thing about him is that he doesn't know what to do with his arms. See if you watch it again. There's always a telltale sign with an actor. If they know what to do with their arms, they're totally comfortable in their character. He's doing lots of mental things with his arms, especially when he's singing and dancing. And you go, you're not comfortable in the slightest. <laughs> you're trying really hard to be, but your little hands are giving it away. It's, it's that dad dancing thing, isn't it? It is. Like, dads can usually dance with their feet. It's just mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with their arms and, as well. And that's what he's doing. It's maybe not even dad dancing. It's like granddad dancing. It's the had his thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Proper dad dancing. Uh-huh. <laughs> or his hands on his hips doing that, that <laughs> mental thing that dad's in the 80s did. <laughs> Miss Sunshine's introduced during this song as well though. Mary Sunshine, the journalist. Yep. Oh yeah, well, no, yeah, because she's in lots of the press. You know the one, she looks like a camel. <laughs> she's also in Mamma Mia. Is she? Yeah, she's one of the friends. She's in Steve Martin's um, Bowfinger, which is a film I really love. The thing that I always remember her from, though, is um, that Channel 4 thing. Well, it wasn't Channel 4, but they used to show it on Channel 4 really late at night on a Friday. Um, and it was called Sybil. Yeah, it was Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Aye, and I remember watching that as a kid, and every time I see her now, I always think, oh, do you remember that programme? <laughs> and, and I also remember, um, you might want to cut this out, but on the credits of that programme, again, being a kid and watching that, and there was somebody called Ira, and I always just go... Why is somebody called IRA? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of name is that? that I'm a bit freaked out by it. There's somebody that's putting their politics on front street, that. Exactly. <laughs> Call my son IRA. <laughs> <laughs> you know when Richard Gere um, strips down to his underwear when, when he's getting changed in his suit mm. from his boot black outfit? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's wearing Bridget Jones pants. <laughs> <laughs> He's borrowed them. <laughs> He's borrowed them from Zellweger. Because mm, she didn't fit in them at that point. Yeah, you can get it's like three red <laughs> <in them. laughs> They look like they would have had skid marks. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, the next bits. And the office scene. Yeah, yeah, where the husband goes in to see him. And the main thing I remember for you, which is um, the Amos and Andy jokes. Yeah, yeah, he keeps calling him Andy instead of Amos. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That was a nice little touch. Because he brings the money in from... Hey, he brings, what, two, just £2,000? £2,000. With his due. Yeah. Did you hear where he got some of the money from, though? Borrowed 300 for the guy at the... the guys at the garage and 700 from the banks and loan. Uh, the building and loan. The building and loan. Like it, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have your money, Randy. It's in Bill's house and Fred's house. <laughs> Merry Christmas, buildings alone. <laughs> That's one of the few films that makes you feel sorry for a bank, isn't it? Well, it's a building loan. It's like an independent bank. Yeah, but still it's a bank. <laughs> so well, why not? Actually, we maybe should have the intermission. Intermission. <laughs> The intermission game is quite complicated this time, so listen up. Listen up, audience. <laughs> it's going to be songs from Chicago, but it's not going to be l- lyrics from Chicago that we're using. The lyrics are going to be people that were born in Chicago's famous film quotes. Okay. So, for example, Adam Baldwin was born in Chicago, so you might have a quote from one of his films, but it'd be to the tune of one of the songs Chicago from Chicago. Song. Yeah. Right. Okay. Got it? I've got it. Do you have it at home? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, we've not had a response yet, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> Email in if you get it. <laughs> don't jump the shark at hotmail.com. <laughs> Tell me if you get it or not. <laughs> Luckily, Siobhan can sing, so she's going to help with this one. I can sing, but <laughs> but this is pretty tricky, so I'll so, give it a bash. Um, you're going to have to guess the actor. I'm going to have to guess the actor. 
You've all cleared, cleared, bow the thing and go home. Razzle dazzle them. <laughs> My God. <laughs> That's awful. Ooh. So you're a, a famous actor. Bow the thing and go home. Charlton Heston? Nope. Nope. Um, People at home are going to be kicking you for not getting this. Oh, a nerd no, love no, actor no, I don't know it's from Star Wars oh, <laughs> so the is actor is Harrison Ford Harrison Ford <laughs> you've got to tell them it's made from people we only have ourselves to blame if you'd have ate it that silent green I bet you you would have done the same oh, silent green Tom Leston you've got it <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, the next one is really tricky, so I might spit, um, I might <laughs> drill, I might do crazy things and get it totally wrong, but I'll give it a bash. Okay. okay. So, <clears throat> and yet I don't hate Rocky, oh no, no, oh no, I don't, I don't, oh no, I don't hate Rocky, oh no, I just put it a fool. <laughs> Something like that. That's going to be Mr. T. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't want anyone to hear this singing. This is awful singing. My my singing teacher will be spinning in his grave. Okay, um, he's not even he's dead. Not even dead. <laughs> he's not even dead. And um, just on another note, it's the same singing teacher that Susan Boyle had. So there you go. <laughs> You're yeah, definitely spinning in his grave. <laughs> definitely will be. Okay, anyway, um, it's right here. You know he's looking at me. He's slimy me. I'm gonna rouge my knees and roll my stockings down. He slimed me. <laughs> oh my god. Is that he slimed me? He slimed me. He slimed me. Oh, about money. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. I did notice how much the Ghostbusters crew comes from Chicago as well. Because Harold Ramis yeah. and Rick Manor as well. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Grew up together, that's why they're on the same. Well, last but not least, yeah. I won't make your ears bleed anymore. Um, okay. How is education gonna make me smart? Every time I learn, it pushes old stuff out. Oh. I'll give you a clue. He's playing an animated character when he said this line. Uh, Robin Williams? No. Dan Castellaneta as Homer Simpson. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you've scored three out of five. <laughs> End of intermission. <laughs> so Richard Gere is basically a grey-haired Alistair Campbell in this film, isn't he? <laughs> you said he's a puppet master yes. in this next sketch. <laughs> it's quite a good performance from Renny Zellweger compared to the rest of the film. Yeah, she's, like a, she's been spending quite... her whole life being a puppet, though. So <laughs> she's just I thought you were going to say acting wooden. <laughs> that's, that's well, and not moving her lips. Maybe she should have been the ventriloquist. But she's good at not moving her lips and opening her mouth to speak. Well, Richard Gere's <laughs> voice in this bit is... Horrific, isn't it? As he tries to go chipper and well, he's supposed to be speaking at the side of his mouth, and I think he literally is <laughs> speaking at the side of his mouth. It's, it's pretty much like that. Can I just say though that um, when Renny Zellweger was acting as a ventriloquist dummy, she went up from a four out of ten to maybe an eight out of ten for me. <laughs> oh that's disturbing. <laughs> That's called a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I'd happily stick my hand up there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Grand Aren't you two work colleagues? I know. I can't look you in the eye now. Oh, no. I'm going to tell everyone at work you said that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what do you think of this song, then? We both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun. Yeah. That's all right. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. Really hard to sing. Like. I like it how he um, he says the last gun while he's drinking water. Mm. That's the bit, my favourite bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think he did that or do you think it was edited? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was edited. <laughs> drinking a glass of water was complicated enough for Richard Gere, wasn't it? <laughs> Can't do that at the same time. The puppets look good. Mm. Um, and it's a nice concept. But again, that won't be... What's his face? Rob Marshall's concept, I bet, yeah. I've never seen it on stage, but I imagine they do that one in the stage show. Mm. Yeah, they've got, they got a lot of awards for, uh, or a lot of praise for the choreography and mm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that was a, se- that was a separate guy mm-hmm. who did quite well with that. Well, there's mm-hmm. just the newsreel bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's the newsreel bit, yeah. which um, is standard, don't jump the shark fair, isn't it? Yeah, Let's yeah, have yeah. some exposition. <laughs> <laughs> 
just, we usually have a character called yeah. Mr. Plot, but <laughs> it doesn't yeah. exist in this Pres one. did an exposition and went So we have, we have this song that she sings, and this is the one where I really thought she's meant to look like Marilyn Monroe here. Mm. But she wears a silver dress, and whereas like Marilyn Monroe had a bit of colour, a bit of pallor about her, mm. and like you know all her looks and all her curves, they put this skinny, pale blonde woman in a silver dress you're like that's not the right colour for you it's oh. disgusting it's like watching a lamppost do a musical number <laughs> <laughs> or a, just a wee slinky bit of tinfoil that's <laughs> lying at the bottom of your bag from your pack lunch <laughs> she's like ooh singing away the name of everyone's lunchbox is Roxy <laughs> But is then it? they make it even worse by putting all the mirrors so you see her hundreds of times and you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> you look like, that looks like a cocaine addiction. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to chat herself up in the mirror as well, isn't she? With her eyes. She's like, oh, I like you. Looking don't listen today. to what I've people and don't jump the shark podcast <laughs> about you. The bit that is good in that number though is when all the men hold her legs and she like walks. Yeah, because that's she true, doesn't yeah. shake her move at all. But I suppose that's because she weighs nothing. She's, she's <laughs> built like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's really strong, so she can manage it. But it does look pretty good. It's a great song, but it's poorly delivered. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I was humming it after it, but I was like. Yeah, even I'm singing this better. <laughs> if you imagine Marilyn Monroe singing it, mm. you'd be like, ah, oh, that was really good. But she's obviously not with us anymore, so she couldn't be Roxy Hart. Well, Charlie's Theron could have. She could have. She would have been so much better. She could have. Mm. Like, that was the thing with Marilyn Monroe, was she looked hot and before she even opened her mouth. But it was, it was through trying, not just through... Mm thinking her body's hot by muscling mm. up. If you <laughs> think about the people Even that, maybe if yeah. they'd just given her more time to get ready, because that was the thing with Marilyn Monroe, is, I mean, she was like, close to 100 takes mm. for saying one word sometimes. <laughs> and, like, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was a long process to get Marilyn Monroe to be that good. Yeah. Well, like, probably he needed to do a similar thing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about the folk that played Roxy in all the tours that they've done, the folk like Jennifer Ellison, her yeah. that was off of... Um, Brookside. Brookside. <laughs> <laughs> and but another Brookside character, Claire Sweeney, as well. They both played Roxy Hart. Yeah, and the, the recent all, Edinburgh one. Mm, was they were all shapely women as well. Oh, they exactly, weren't like yeah. buff, ready Zilber girl mm. knockoffs. Buff. <laughs> 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 no, that's another not good word for a girl. Isn't it? <laughs> buff. She's so buff. <laughs> buff and sinewy. <laughs> Your girlfriend is buff. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I love. You know how we were talking about how she's got a body like a 14-year-old boy? Yeah. Yeah. She's got a diary like a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like pink and spangly. <laughs> Here's where I put my most inner thoughts. Yeah. But it was all like... I like Richard Gere, he is handsome. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really like modern, the diary, I thought, mm-hmm. as yeah. well. I was yeah. like, you've just taken that from 2002. You've not made any effort to make it look like it's from the period at all. It does look like you could have bought it out of Claire's accessories. So Lucy Liu is introduced here as well. Yeah. One of the most pointless characters in cinema history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in terms of plot. But compare her to the other two in this, she's a nine out of ten there, which is coming in in her she underwear. She does look gorgeous. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Lucy Liu, I would have taken you as either of these parts. But she maybe can't sing or dance. But hang on a minute, that's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she does the super PR move here. Because Lucy Lou's there, she's got to be, mm. I need to be centre attention again. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I have a baby. And I'm going to feed. Mm. And then John C. Reilly says the, possibly one of the creepiest lines I've ever heard. It's me, <laughs> it's daddy. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, it's me, daddy. Uh, we're getting a little glimpse into their sex life there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> another, another daddy glimpse. and a 14-year-old boy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whole other show. Dresses a Catholic priest, please. <laughs> <laughs> There's another glimpse into their bizarre sex life, though, the two of them, when uh, Richard Gere takes her to the doctors, mm-hmm. and the doctor comes out and says, yeah, she's pregnant, which we know she isn't, and then oh, he says, slept on the money, hasn't he? Yeah. and then he says, do up your fly, mm-hmm. you're like, wait a minute, that wasn't just the money that he got, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> did she just have sex with him? Oh, we missed a John C. Reilly's uh, musical number as well, Mr. Cellophane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's John- actually pretty good. Yeah, he's, he, you know he specifically requested to be in this film. Mm. A friend of the, of the podcast, Claire, told me that. Oh, really? Yeah, he requested to be in this film, and it's he, he really wanted to play this character and this character alone. Have you seen um, What Card, the story of Dewey Cox? No. 
he sings. It's like a kind of musical film, but it's set as a biography, like comedy, the same way as like through um, Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash mm-hmm. one. But he plays a kind of country star. But all the songs he sings, he actually sings so well that they're catchy and good and not too funny. I like John C. Reilly. But when you hear him singing this, he has that like vibrato and then mm. these like long lines. It's really, really good. Yeah, no, he's I, a pretty good singer. It's I don't quite bad. understand why they dress him as Charlie Chaplin, though. I mean, well, he's a silent sad. film star. I was wondering about that as well. And then... Oh, because he's... no Everyone, no one hears him speak. Yeah. Is that why they've done it? Or the sad clown sort of connotation. Oh, He'd yeah. be a sad clown, but also he looks really like... Now, the name of the film's going to escape me, which is terrible, but it's uh, Judy Garland, uh, it's Easter Parade. And in Easter Parade, I can't remember who she's with, it must be like Fred Astaire or somebody like that, and they're doing their vaudeville act, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how she's dressed, like, down to a tee. Mm-hmm. I suppose they didn't want to dress him up as like a Dapper Dan type mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. as well, because then that would come in conflict with the, the way we're meant to view Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. That's one of the highlights, though. I think is this song. I think it's mm-hmm. yeah. the thing that I kept noticing though was because he has so much makeup on and he's obviously sweating and stuff when he's performing. <laughs> he's got huge pores, <laughs> massive pores, and a huge nose. Yeah, yeah, like when he sees those in profile, I thought he had like stuck mm-hmm. on a clown nose, <laughs> and then I realised no, that's his nose. <laughs> nose. Yeah. No, but he does it justice. I think he does pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, Rennie Zellweger decides to fire Richard Gere. Yeah and give the audience a little reminder of what the plot of this film is as well. You are a sleazy lawyer. I am a person who is manipulating. <laughs> Thanks, clunky dialogue. And Richard Gere decides to leave with a you're nothing, a flash in the pan. The Chicago, that's the Chicago way. Funny, I thought the Chicago way was he pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He yeah. sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. I think you'll find it's he sent one of his to the morgue. <laughs> it's Sean Connery's fake Irish accent. In the Untouchables. Nice. Have you ever seen, um, there's a film called um, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And, and it's Sean Connery when he's really young in this film where he plays an Irish like gardener. And there's this old guy that sees leprechauns and stuff. Watch it. Amazing film. Good fodder for this podcast as well. <laughs> really funny. I like uh, Sean Connery's non-attempt at any accent. He just, <laughs> he'll put a little twist I, in his own accent. He I'm a Russian submarine it. commander. <laughs> I am a Spaniard. <laughs> it's weird. In Highlander, you've got a Frenchman playing a Scotsman and a Scotsman playing a Spaniard. <laughs> Razzle Dazzle was the next. Yeah, well, we, no. Caitlin gets executed too, yeah, as we said. Oh, earlier, yeah, yeah, the yeah. one sympathetic character. Who, the one innocent was, character. I've written her name as Caitlin stroke Caitlin for some reason. <laughs> I thought it was me that was taking lots of drugs for those. Was this <laughs> so he dresses her up like a Mormon so they can sing some Razzle Dazzle, which is my favourite song. I thought I love this Razzle song. Razzle Dazzle's your favourite one, really. <laughs> Cellbot Tango is definitely my favourite. It's the you can see Richard Gere's not a natural singer, but he's loving it. There's yeah. <laughs> we're surrounded by naked ladies. No and wonder he, he's, and he's got a massive whip. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the few things where you see like the the choreography in the stage is like just as good as what else is going on. Mm. Like there's no side that's lacking in it. Whereas like in some of the other scenes, you're like, yeah, the real world thing isn't as good as the song, or the mm-hmm. song isn't as good as the real world thing. I want to know more about one or the other. Mm-hmm. But you see, he's like meant to be the circus master, mm-hmm. and he's taking everybody in these little trip, and then flicks back to the courtroom, and you see, it's see quite a good. In love with contrast. <laughs> Did they make up the word splendiferous just for a rhyme, though? Is that a word? <laughs> splendiferous. Splendiferous. I don't know. Would you think his suit? Would you wear that? Which one? The sparkly suit. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the only way he could have possibly made that suit even better is by adding a cape to it <laughs> a James Brown style cape <laughs> just um, when Caitlin does get home the thing that annoyed me about it was that her shoes stay on you get that shot of just her feet and I'm like Dude, those are slip on shoes you're going to fall off your feet why are they still on because <laughs> you're holding them on with your toes because you're not actually dead <laughs> <laughs> she also does that thing where like she just drops and then stays in position. Whereas, like, you see, like, Braveheart, you see, like, what it's like when somebody really gets hung and they're, like, touching away, like, yeah. nothing else, but it's horrible to watch. Well, yeah, speaking of diaries, yeah, you're right. The diary comes the up. The diary's right? found. Catherine Seat Jones looks hot when she comes into the courtroom for that bit. 
Mm. She's got the big fur thing on. She looks really good. Yeah. Really hot. Hot as in <laughs> physically too hot? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, she has to wear fur. She might be like too hot. Yeah, she, she can't looks, go though. It's a windy say. <laughs> yep. Um, oh yeah, have you ever seen ER? It's always raining. <laughs> when she gives a little flash of her legs, yeah. really Zellweger, the jury all lean over and you hear like creaks and twanging. <laughs> <laughs> the Foley artist was having a bit of fun there, I think. <laughs> creaks and <laughs> What a whiner she is, though, eh? Mm, Who? Zeta Jones or? Z- uh, no, Zellweger. I know she's written to be a whiner, mm. but there's. You can still play a whiny character and make it great, yeah. like Bill Paxton in Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> game over, man, game yeah. over. When she's like, she made that up, she made that up, she made that up. Yeah. She says that about a million times. If you say someone more than two times, it like immediately draws your attention to it as an audience mm-hmm. member as well, mm-hmm. how fake it sounds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, this is the, the next kind of dance number, isn't it? Because it leads on to Richard Gere Dooney's tap dance. It's not really a dance number. It's one of the few times in the film, like a lot of the other stuff you can see really like choreographed and like they've they've taught the dancers well. But the tap dance I think do we think it was just a bit beyond Richard Gear? Because you have all these shots of his legs or his head. It's never it's him, never the way. Really? Because um he pra- I don't know if that's PR spin no, oh he hmm. practiced for six months for this. No, I think the it fact is that you don't it's, see not, it. it's not that good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, when you do see his feet, they're not really doing much. It's no Bruce Forsyth, is it? I wanted to see Michael Flatley. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted like, to see loads of taps, big kicks in the air. You know, that's what I wanted. And again, it's here that I noticed his arms so much. Like, he's just doing too many he's things. He's doing this, see? Hands. It's like the tango. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. You remember this is an audio podcast, Ross? He's doing, he's doing this. <laughs> he's got his hands in the air like he's doing the tango. So He does throw it out. I hold you in contempt line as well. Brilliant <laughs> lawyer cliche in a hand. I hold the system in contempt <laughs> and this diary. The whole country's listening in as well. Do you know is that? Oh yeah, apparently yeah. so. Yeah, the radio. It's big news. Uh, big news. One one dame in Chicago getting <laughs> possibly sent down for the second time. They've got the papers ready. There's all the papers that are mm-hmm. guilty, and all the papers are innocent. Those ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I did think. Is the story different underneath it? Like, yeah. it, or have they just changed the word at the top? <laughs> yeah. They must not have to write two mm, different stories, exactly. eh? <laughs> because they, they didn't do the sort of last minute printing thing back then, no. did they? They didn't really think this through, did they? <laughs> <laughs> we should have run a newspaper back then. <laughs> oh, she's yesterday's news already, though. Because someone else has shot someone. Yeah, on the... On the well, on the she is innocent. Let's make that mention if people haven't seen the film. <laughs> She gets the innocent verdict, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And everybody kind of leaves the, the courtroom to see and this. And Richard Gere says there, I am the one who wrote your diary. <laughs> I know I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing about that as well is they have that whole conversation about I wrote the diary, sorry I didn't tell you. Richard Gere leaves and John C. Reilly's been in the room the whole time. <laughs> hey, I'm still here. <laughs> I know everything that's going on now, but it's fine. He's just in the background going, Mr. Sellerman. <laughs> <laughs> he really is invisible. So, yeah, we see like kind of several months later, don't we? We just mm-hmm. don't have the caption that says several months later. Mm-hmm. And she's struggling to get a, a role anywhere. But she's still got this mental health problem because you do see her reflect from what she imagines in her head to like a small music mm. hall doing the same thing. And we get reintroduced to Catherine Zeta Jones, don't we? Mm. And she gets embarrassed by showing a bit of leg. Did you notice that? No, she she's, she's, no, she's embarrassed leg. by mm-hmm. showing. She's got a it's, hole in her tights. Yeah, she's got oh, red stockings. Oh. <laughs> but in this scene as well, when she's doing the audition, Rainy Zellweger, you see again how muscly and skinny she is. Do you see her from far away as if you're sitting in the audience in the theatre? And she's on stage and she's just like a pole. She's just. <laughs> a re- it, it really white. shows you the height difference when they're doing this number together as well. Mm. Eh? Well, this, this is the last number, isn't it? This is the ridiculously self-indulgent mm, last number. Because mm-hmm. when it should really end is at the courtroom. That's, that's the yeah. end of the film. She's in this, and she should take her, her part in life and just go home with the guy that's the only guy that's been nice to her the whole time. Mm-hmm. But instead, no, oh, fuck it, we'll go back out on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't, we're not learning any morals here. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral here is 
killing people will make you famous and happy, but just for a while. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of this last song? You can even marry Harry or mess around with Frank. Yeah, well that's... Dude, isn't it great in this That's the line that I needed, because it's like... And you can mess around with Ike. Eisenhower. <laughs> well, I hope it's Ike. That one, and not like preceding it with the future, like Ike Turner, because that would yeah. not be a good guy oh, to mess no. around with. No, don't mess around. Nowadays, that's what's called. I had to go through the whole song in my head there to get the title. But the thing about that one as well is when you put Rainey Zilberger and Catherine Zeta Jones next to each other performing, you realise just how yeah. rubbish Rainey Zilberger is. Because Catherine Zeta Jones, like we said before, she has been trained and she does know kind of what she's doing, and you can tell that she's really going for it and she's investing a lot in it. Mm. And even just tiny things like how they run their hands down their fur collar, like Catherine Zeta Jones does it so slick and she's so hot, and Rainey Zilberger's like, mmm, that feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just how, how they steps different and how just everything you can see just yeah, rubbish. It's just purely contrasting them as well, mm-hmm. isn't it? They're really meant to be like two people on the top of their game as well, mm-hmm. and they are worse than the chorus was behind <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones in the first act. Mm-hmm. Do you know the thing that all you can all you can hear in the soundtrack is Catherine Zeta Jones primarily because yeah. her voice is stronger. Yeah. yeah. But all you let your eyes drawn to her as well. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I don't need to look at Renee Zellweger anymore, <laughs> so I'm not going <laughs> to. Plus, she's got a bit of meat on her bones as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she looks a lot. Better. Out of the two of them, there is a significant points difference between oh, the two. Yeah. <laughs> she's masking the awfulness of Renee Zellweger in this scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it. So we just let's choose our don't jump the shark moments. You want to go first, Siobhan, as a guest? Yeah, um, I think the don't jump the shark moment is the moment where you see Richard Gere on the screen. Because yeah. <laughs> he just ruins it. Like It's already pretty bad because Rainey Zilberger's there, but you can deal with that, you can get by it. And then he comes on and you're like, God, I wanted someone hot. I wanted someone <laughs> charismatic. I wanted someone that could act and sing and knew what to do with their hands. But he's not that person. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see picking a hot man would be like a unique female perspective, but we've done quite a lot of films where we go on about how hot the men are. Right? <laughs> Pierce Brosnan and Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, he's a beefcake in a hand. I suppose. Next to Robin Williams, yes. Okay, Ross, what's your moment? Uh, my moment's quite late on in the film. And for a film that I didn't think I would like, I thought I was just quite real that my moment was so far on. And it's just after the, the courtroom scene. Because you... I said it before, like, she should take her plot in life. She should, like, go, right, okay, right, you know, and that's the lesson that they learn. And then all the people that throughout the film that have done all these horrible things that you don't really feel that sorry for kind of learn their lesson. And John C. Riley gets a, a nice thing for it because he's the only person other than the woman get, that gets hanged who is, like, innocent or hasn't really done anything other than be a bit thick. But if you compare it to Scarface, right... I know that there's quite a world <laughs> between the two of them, but they're two period pieces, right? Scarface, he, you know, he thinks he knows what he's doing and he goes about it, like, arrogantly, just the same way as Renny Zellweger does. But at the end of the film, there's the massive shootout and he ends up dying. And that proves, like, that's not the right way to live your life. This doesn't happen in this film. They get super famous by the end. I think the thing that you're forgetting, though, is this is a musical. <laughs> like, there's the no rules. lessons to be learned in musicals. It's just all about jazz hands. That's all it's all about. I've built my whole life and career around that fact. <laughs> it's all about jazz hands. Where are the jazz hands in Liz Miserable? <laughs> I'm sure you'll find some. Trent, what about your Jump the Shark moment? I'm going to go for The Death of Caitlin. Because the film tries to take you in a different direction all of a sudden and say, look, have sympathy for this film because people in this film are genuinely nice. Basically, all they're really doing is killing off one of the only sympathetic characters. The other sympathetic character ends up in his own at the end. (laughs) So I'm choosing this moment just as a kind of metaphor for what the film does with its sympathetic characters. (laughs) Because it just... I mean, like, Roxy has no heart. Oh, that was nicely done, Grant. Roxy has no heart. You could be writing for a newspaper. Mm. That would be my headline. (laughs) (laughs) Roxy has no heart, or what would would be your innocent verdict? Roxy has heart. (laughs) (laughs) But no boobs. (laughs) Roxy shows heart.
that's it for this episode. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Yes, good on. Thank it you very great. much for coming on. Yeah. We have a competition going on just now on Facebook and iTunes. If you write us a review on iTunes or if you like our Facebook page, which is Grant. Don't jump the shark film podcast. You can win an opportunity to appear on the show. And don't be afraid if you don't live anywhere near Scotland, because we do have Skype set up that we can uh, adjourn to the show as it's going on. And we think that'll work. <laughs> okay, so what's the email? The email is don'tjumptheshark at hotmail.com. What's the smoke signals terms that we use? Uh, flash, flash, no flash, flash, flash. Okay, thank you. And uh, Twitter is at don'tjumpshark. And our next episode's film? Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready for some teen angst. <laughs> some uh, get vampires. For, get ready for some non-acting. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to sit through that film again, aren't I? <laughs> oh god. We're trying to appeal to that important fourteen-year-old girl demographic. <laughs> <laughs> we had to look at the numbers, and uh, we're really lacking in the fourteen-year-old girl department. <laughs> Although Renny Zellweger in this film kind of made it up roughly. So. But she's a boy. Yeah. So. <laughs> she got her boys, so now we need the girls. Because <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones definitely didn't have a penis. <laughs> That's it then. Cheerio. Bye. Music is of course the Wyndham L All Stars. Check them out at W-I-N-D-O-M-E-A-R-L-E dot com. Rennie Zellweger Smash! <laughs> <laughs>